Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Stuart Buttle. Stuart is an Olympic athlete campaigning towards Tokyo 2020 in the 49ers class. Stuart and his teammate Dylan are currently ranked number one in the world in the 49ers and a few months ago added the European Championships to their names. Stuart also competed at the London 2012 Olympics in the 470 class and came home with a silver medal in front of a home crowd. Woohoo! Which he says is no doubtably the best moment of his career and is certainly something that I want to talk about in a lot more detail. Alongside Olympic sailing he He currently takes part in the SailGP, which is a new professional series aimed to make sailing more viewer friendly and pushes the boundaries of athleticism, technology and speed. Today, Stuart is talking to me about his journey to success, what that looked like for him, the obstacles he overcame and how how he copes with the pressure of being number one and what he does to mentally prepare himself for the success and how he stays focused on his goals going to be a good one so Stuart lovely to have you thanks for having me yeah I hope I pronounced your surname right uh Bithel Bithel whatever it yeah. all works <laughs> I can't remember what I said now but it sounded right in my own head yeah. but uh, I just want to start by obviously saying congratulations on the European champs that that um you competed in was it last week yeah thanks uh yeah two weeks ago now yeah down in Weymouth amazing I didn't realise yeah, so, so many um, competitions took part in, in Weymouth, to be honest. So, well, um, actually, it's, uh, it, it was the first uh, major Olympic uh, event since the Olympics. So it was, uh, it was good to get the, all the international competitors down there again. Um, yeah. You even got the Olympic rings out and put them up in the dinghy park again, which was quite a nice thing to see. Yeah, because I, I, I wanted to go down when it was the Olympics and actually didn't in the end so um it is something that that is on my to-do list so now that i uh, have you on my radar i'll be finding out when the next ones are because obviously it's just down the road but um you know obviously you have just come um back from the european champs you are currently number one but what i want to do is just start at the very beginning and just talk about what got you into sailing a bit about your sailing journey that's taken you from the beginning right up to where you are currently today um, and just find out sort of more about that. So where did it all begin? Yeah, I mean, um, so you might have got it from my accent, but I'm, I'm from Lancashire um, up north. Uh, and it was my parents that were members of the local sailing club on a tiny little lake called Hollymouth Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were members there. And uh, yeah, they took me down when I was about seven. Um, at first I was just playing around in the water, uh, in a, they've got a little harbour there, messing around, swimming, jumping on boats, but not really <laughs> using sails. Um, 
and yeah, and then I started sailing with my dad a little bit uh, in the club racing. And it kind of went on from there. I really enjoyed the sport. I really enjoyed the, the sense of being outdoors, the sense of using the wind as energy. And yeah, it kind of all stemmed on from there. Amazing. So obviously going from a hobby with your family um, to, to being world number one must have taken a few like <laughs> twists and turns. I mean, when did you start to see it as actually this is something that I would like to do as a career? Do you know I'm pretty good at this? what what kind of changed in that respect yeah so i guess from from being a seven year old seven eight year old messing around um uh i went on to sailing with a few people at my sailing club um and then there's a in in the uk we have a the, the royal yachting association the ya they have um youth and junior programs mm-hmm. uh, which are all feeder feeder like squads if you like into the olympic program with the main goal of getting olympic medals for the country um so there is funding down at junior level for those kind of things and i was very fortunate that there was a national squad a junior national squad came to my home sailing club and that was kind of where i got an invitation and kind of got scouted a little bit if you like um so i kind of joined the ria system uh, as a junior and kind of been on that on that pathway for quite a long time and I mean we'll touch base on it later but I actually got thrown off the Olympic program at one point um, but the majority of my career I have been in this the RIA program through junior through youth uh, and then obviously at the Olympic level as well. Yeah so during that journey obviously um, that started at quite a young age that takes a lot of discipline because when it comes to serious sport, there are a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. So what was your driving force for being so focused on competing in the sailing when perhaps other friends you knew were kind of out exploring life and, and that's. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, um, I was fortunate, if you like, luckily or not, but I was fortunate to be quite good at a youth level. Um, and I was probably top five sailors for my age range in the country. Um, and that presented an opportunity when I was 18 to join the uh, Olympic Development Programme, which wow. is kind of the first time where you kind of sail in without your parents, you know, driving you around the country. You know, you're, the programme is based down in Weymouth. Um, and so that was kind of the point where it's like, okay, you go to, you know, university and, and do studying or you take this opportunity. Um, and for me, I dove, I put all my eggs in the basket of, okay, this is a great opportunity. Uh, I can go and represent my country in a sport that I absolutely love, which I really, you know, I still do. And I love it then even more. Um, and yeah, so I kind of committed uh, went and moved down to Weymouth um, and started training <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> I was going to say, so when when was that? Because obviously you did compete in the 2012 Olympics. Was that your first Olympics? That was my first and only Olympics at the minute, yeah. Yeah. So how how did you approach that? When did you realise that, that there was an opportunity for you to represent your country in your hometown of Weymouth 
and potentially win a medal. When did all that start to come together and how did you cope with the pressure that then came with that? Because there was so much pressure on the, the GB team for the 2012 Olympics. Like, you know, Jess Ennis was the poster girl. Um, there, everyone just had such high expectations because you get carried away with that, don't you? And often when we are a home nation, we do tend to perform slightly better. So how, how did you prepare yourself for that Olympics? And how did you cope with the pressures that kind of came with that? Yeah, so I guess we've, we've kind of jumped a little bit there. So kind of went full-time athlete when I was 18. Yeah. Uh, and I was at the Olympics when I was 24. So um, there's between that time, I've done lots of hard training, lots of sailing with different people. Yeah. Uh, I actually got thrown off the Olympic program. Yes, um, tell me about that as well. Yeah, so that was, well, it's a bit of a random one. So I chopped and changed classes a little bit, moving around, basically because of my body size. Yeah. Um, I'd grown out of the boat I was in, so I went into another boat, which was a catamaran called the Tornado. Okay. Um, and I, I sailed that for two years. Um, but then that got taken out of the Olympics as an Olympic class. Right. So that door kind of got shut on me. On, on me. Um, so then I messed around in other boats and actually it was, uh, it was basically, there was, there was no real room on the programme and it was a bit tricky. So basically, I, you know, I, I got thrown off the programme. So well, that basically means uh, the coaching stops, the funding stops. Yeah. Um, and in my eyes, that meant I've got to go and get a job. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was actually... I'd gone, th it was a big turning point in my career. It was, um, I'd gone through, since I was 18, I'd been told what to do, when to do it, and do this and do that, and okay, here you go, to going, actually, that's been taken away from me, you're off of that. Yeah. And it really made me think about myself. Uh, it made me think about my, my sailing. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was a great opportunity to really prioritise what I thought was... Uh, what was important for me to be a good sailor. Um, and the opportunity came up to sail with uh, a friend who I used to race a lot against in youth called Luke Patience, who I went to the Olympics with, um, to go and do a, a regatta with him with not that much training. Um, and we went and did that and the teamwork was immediately good because we were good mates. Um, we actually found out when we sailed together that our strengths and weaknesses were kind of polar opposite yeah um so luke was really good at sailing the boat really fast and i and i'm quite a a, a smart sailor so i'm good with the tactics and things like that and actually we were a very good team from a, from the very very start um so then that formed a partnership and also well we went to a world championships and came second yeah, wow. <laughs> which is it's actually unheard of, to be honest, to go from a fairly new partnership and an Olympic class to then go and doing and, and, and performing. So that put us actually onto the top funding on the UK sport funding system, okay. which kick-started off our, um, our three-year campaign to the Olympics. Awesome. Um, and along that route, we had, to, we had to beat, there was three boats that were really good, uh, we had to beat the double Olympic silver medalist, 
mm-hmm. to, the, to, to get selected. And also another team who were really strong that had won the World Championships twice. Right. And then there's me and Luke, who are a good chunk younger than those guys, but with loads of enthusiasm, loads of energy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and this great opportunity to go and represent your country in your, in your, in your home venue. So, yeah, long story short, well, it's not, it's not been that short, but <laughs> we basically, uh, we, got, we worked hard. We got selected in 2011. Um, and the two of us went to the Olympics uh very young for sailors in the olympics um and also in a position where the the expectation and and the mindset that we had expectation was low we always say we want to go and win medals but there's quite a history of uh actually first time olympians don't medal because of this extra pressure and underperforming in the venue um so we had a good run up with training. Uh, we we didn't feel pressure. We felt opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were excited. We you know we'd had great support around us, a lot of experience. We we're in the you know same team as Ben Ainsley and people like that, and sponging off of them the Olympic experience. And yeah, we went out and we actually performed probably one of the best regattas we've ever done. And yeah, came home with a silver medal, but it was the pressure wasn't the mindset and the pressure the you know it didn't feel heavy, you know, it was light, it was like, oh this is you know, pressure this pressure's a privilege, like you know, we're gonna enjoy it, we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna sail our socks off and we can hear the crowd, you know, cheering us on and yeah, it was quite it's quite unique. Yeah. I mean, that that is certainly like a journey i want to take it back a little bit to because you almost sort of glossed over where where you were um thrown out and i don't know how big or the time scales of leaving the program and and then being um connected with is it josh did you say Uh, luke luke um yeah i'd love to know what went through your mind though because you touched on the fact that you had gone for years where you were told what to do and where to be That is a, uh, seems to be the case for a lot of high-end professional sports people is that they are kind of like just directed in whichever way they need to go at certain times and stuff. To suddenly have this void and the, this like space for you to make the choices, was there ever a time where you thought about giving up sailing or did... Was there ever a time in that moment where, you know, you thought all your dreams had come to a close? Like, how, how did you kind of deal with that? Because to go from, from being in the um, development team to not is very harsh. And I know, obviously, you, you spoke about it really positively because the end result was obviously that you ended up in the Olympics. But going back to that time, because there are so many people have setbacks in business, in life or whatever. and it's in those moments that you have a choice. And so mm. I'm really keen to kind of understand how you went through those motions. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess the first part of it was the, so the tornado getting taken out of the Olympics. Yeah. Probably a few months where I was messing around. I messed around in a laser, which was a single-handed class. And, but that, it didn't, 
there was nothing there that was like this is the you know this is the thing this is what I'm good at this is what I'm going to do so it was building up a little bit and actually when you when they eventually went I'm sorry Stuart you know shake my hand and say thanks thanks for your effort it wasn't like a oh god I was nearly there you know it was it was almost coming yeah um but then still I I had I had kind of through three to four months mm -hmm. of kind of assessing the situation. Yeah. I looked at jobs. I looked at, I basically tried to put all my options out on the table. I looked at maybe coaching or, you know, is there anything else I can sell and, you know, maybe fund it myself. Um, God knows how I'd have done that, but yeah, probably through a bit of work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, were, it, it, there was definitely a mindset of, maybe this isn't for me, you know, me, you know, it definitely ran through my head that that's, you know, maybe this, it's just, it's just not an option, you know, maybe this isn't for me or I'm not good enough or whatever. But, you know, after the time went on, you know, and I was doing other bits of sailing, you know, kind of on for a bit of fun and actually a little bit of belief coming back on, actually, I think I'm quite good at this. And do you know what? I, yeah, I would really like to, to have another another go and um you know if there's any opportunities that came up I'd, I'd pounce on them with uh, you know with a different mindset of if we do it I'm gonna I'm gonna do it a little bit different I'm gonna try harder I'm gonna be more organized I'm gonna you know I'm not gonna tick every box the RA want me to tick when I don't know why I'm ticking it you know um so everything became a bit more focused um and i think that you know almost certainly that was the biggest turning point in my career and i've, I've never I, I it's interesting that when i stopped olympic sailing i really want to try and help the some sailors in that time zone where they've they've had a couple of years of um being told what to do and okay here's your training plan here's your here's your gym program and here's here's this and that and try and get them to a point where without getting kicked off the program, but to think for themselves. Yeah. Um, I'd really value, I'd really, I'd find that rewarding to go and help some people like that. Cause you know, who knows, say, say the tornado didn't get kicked out and you know, just kind of went through the system a little bit for a couple more years and then, you know, didn't quite succeed. And maybe, maybe getting thrown off was the, the kick up the bum that I needed, you know, to think about things differently. Yeah. I was going to say, has it has that situation, those four months of uncertainty, been almost like your motivation, your driving force? One to take that bit more control back, like you said, not ticking all the boxes just for the sake of it, understanding why you're doing it, but also to almost lose your dream and then have that second chance to get get it back. Has that kind of given you that motivation to to become more focused and a lot more in into it? Yeah, yeah, I guess it has, and and you know the first time I stepped in a boat with Luke, you know that was definitely a good mindset change. And then when we glued as a team, and and the potential was there, and we went and got our first result together, mm. that was an even bigger like whoa! I can see it, I can see the end, I can see right. If we do well, if we put a good program together we get the right support we need in the right areas then I can see us going winning an Olympic medal in three years time and that that was 
you know, a massive step as well as not just a new partnership. Yeah, totally. Going back to the pre-qualifier that you were talking about where you had to beat um, silver medalists and other experienced um, sailors. Obviously, what I love about, about the energy that you guys had, it was almost naivety is like the wrong word but enjoyment and fun i suppose because there there was no expectation on you but clearly as competitors with the opportunity to get into the home olympics how did you mentally prepare yourself for that pre-qualifier in order to to go up against all that experience and to come out shining yeah i mean i get the yeah the we we definitely were the the fun guys the the underdogs we really played on that and you know youth and enthusiasm but actually in the background what we what we did do was got got a mentor who was extremely experienced uh, Joe Glanfield who helped us set goals and you know helped us make sure we were getting better um so actually behind the scenes, we were more organized than we've ever been before with our visions, our goal settings, our behaviors, that no one really saw that on us, yeah. which is why that they were probably shocked when we actually, when we came to the big events, we were like, boom, you know, laid down some good results. Um, but it, it was hard, I think that's, that threw them a little bit, <laughs> our competitors. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, yeah, with all that organisation and, and the underdog nurse, it was just a great time. It was just brilliant, you know, and motivating. Every time we went sailing, we were clear on what we were working on. Um, every failure we had, you know, we, we were like, well, let's learn from it and move on quickly. And yeah, we kind of had a good system for, for getting better. Yeah, because like Usain Bolt was, is quite famous in saying that like the competition is the easy part. It's the behind the scenes that makes the difference. Yeah. And so just hearing that, that behind the scenes aspect, because um, obviously when there is an element of calmness in you, because you know your abilities and you know that you worked well as a team, but the visualizations, you know, seeing your, your goals, monitoring your progression, learning by, the mistakes and the failures that that occurred are all really key things because that's when you take stuff seriously that's when you kind of grow as a, a sports yeah. person and as a person yeah exactly yeah so to go from the pre-qualifier getting in to then being at the olympics in weymouth just talk me through a little bit about sort of the mental preparation obviously the sailing aspect um I, I guess kind of stayed the same with the goals, but mentally, how how did you prepare yourself? Again, I know you were the underdogs, but equally, the competitors are competitors, so you want to do the best that you can. Yeah. So what what preparation did you put in place? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we had we had access to psychologists, um, so we actually built up um, routines around. Um, so, so we have 10 fleet races, 10 races, and then a medal race. And the medal race is quite often, it's designed to be, <laughs> where the medals are won and lost. Yeah. 
Um, and it was actually wasn't one of our strengths as a team. So when the pressure was on, you had to go perform. We, but so we got some support with that from the psychologist. Um, yeah, and, and our manager is it is interesting. Our manager Sparky was, you know, he's very experienced, and he was kind of trying to numb things down a little bit for us. He was like, "Look, it's just another sailing regatta, you know. It's, um, you know, you're not." He didn't say it, but he's like, "You're not expected to win here, but maybe you're winning for his time and uh, a little bit like that." But we didn't, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, we didn't listen too much about that we you know we you know we we recommended that we didn't go to the olympic opening ceremony right. um you know it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's you got to go up to london and then back down to him you're going to be tired you know do you really want to be in all that you know in the cameras and yeah. and our team did you know our, we got energy from that we we um yeah. we loved that it was a big occasion we loved you know it was our opportunity and yeah yeah so we we kind of adopted mindset of we're gonna grab this bull by the horns we're gonna you know we've done all the hard work our boat speeds on point our bodies are uh you know temples yeah. um everything's organized we've got we've got the best setup we can in weymouth we've got our tiny little you know we've got our accommodation sorted and you know we've got a routine and processes for everything and mm. we were really prepared um for whatever we got thrown at us and yeah I guess you know the, there's the the pressure that you know I hate to talk about pressure is it? it's a bad thing but with the first the first day of the Olympics there's no question that there's something took over your body you were nervous you you know you were shaking a little bit but we talked about that and we knew it was coming and we had a process to deal with all that and we went out on the first day and raced in front of the home crowd on the course that was really close to the beach and got a one-two. <laughs> I was like, well, pressure's gone now, mate. <laughs> We've got that first day out of the way and then that fed us into the regatta nicely. Yeah, yeah. You spoke about the psychologist um, because you'd identified that that perhaps was an area of development. What kind of um, strategies were put in place to help you develop that? The, you know the mental side yeah so we explored our personalities a little bit um so we were we were both very different personalities what worked for me wasn't necessarily the right thing that worked for luke yeah um uh yeah and we and we got into the nitty-gritty and the specifics of what we're actually going to do in the in the medal race um try and plan as much as we could on the scenarios and uh, yeah, just explored it, picked it apart. I mean, this was done a year and a half out, if you like. We started building on it. So we had opportunities to practice our game phases and yeah, yeah. execution at, at the, in the medal race. Um, what else did we do with Ben? Yeah, he was just there to talk to us. Well, you know, maybe a little nudge at breakfast just to say, look, let's don't forget this, don't forget that. And, just the support, really. They just, you know, he's obviously a specialist in his area, and he yeah. he's built up a relationship with us, and kind of knew what we wanted and needed. And yeah, do you know what yeah. I love? What you just said there, and the fact that um, 
that you're both very different and you both have and so the first thing that you focused on was your personality um because it's so important sometimes like people have a tendency to compare like apples to pears and expect to get the same results you know i am yeah. totally different to you to to catherine to you know to whoever yeah. um and quite often we forget that and we just see what other people are doing and just just either feel inspired by it or feel insignificant by it and um you touched on the facts very um very early on that luke had strengths um where you perhaps were slightly weaker and then you had strengths and i remember going to see Ant middleton a couple of weeks ago and he was really talking about teamwork in the fact that knowing your strengths and filling your your weaknesses with your teams like filling the gaps with your team yeah. so the fact that you guys had those different qualities obviously was a winning combination for you yeah. guys. Yeah, and we yeah. had, so we, <laughs> we had different, so I, I, I was the calm one in the boat, the logical one, I didn't get irate too often, whereas Luke was a fire one, you know, he, yeah. he was up and down like a little Jack Russell, he's small as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we, you know, we talk about, oh, if it's light winds, then let's adopt, you know, I'm going to lead the tempo. We're going to be nice and relaxed and controlled. Um, and if it's fiery, we actually, it, sorry, if it was windy, we'd actually play on Luke's fact that he is fiery and like, here you go, mate, you know, off we go, let's have it, you know, throw some energy at it, throw the boat around, be aggressive to our competitors. And really, it's again, you, you play into the strengths at the right time of, of the team and you know ultimately that that gives you your best chance of of doing you know the best race you can in this medal race totally so obviously you know the olympic silver amazing um the emotions that you guys must have felt how was it stood on the podium oh incredible yeah incredible with my family there who've you know supported me all the way and yeah. There, and my grandma, and my mum and dad. It, it was, it was brilliant, amazing, and with, you know, and still is one of my best mates. So yeah, pretty cool. So also, you you no longer sail with Luke and Dylan is now your partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so taking the experience of the 2012 Olympics, riding off the fact that obviously you are now world number one. So this uh, underdog. Um, tag i suppose has disappeared and so yep. you're potentially entering the 2020 olympics as as the favorite uh so how is by contrast of the 2012s where you know that was your second chance and you you know you had the fun side of it are you still really like driving that fun element you do seem very calm and um composed which obviously is always really important but are you feeling different in the way of, I know we just spoke about pressure as in not really wanting to kind of see it as a negative, but the truth of the matter is you're now world number one. So yeah. that comes with a whole different host of expectations. Yeah, so, and we're, we're, you know, we're senior sailors in the British yeah. sailing team and people look up to us and, yeah. you know, oh, these guys are meant to do well. You know, we're meant to do well. It's like, yeah. well, you know, are we? <laughs> we try to, but, we're, you know. I think it. I think the feeling is very different. You are right. We're, you know, there's less uh, underdog feeling and and the rest of it. But what what's behind the scenes 
again all the all the goals all the you know new teams so we set out a new set of behaviors a new set of values how we want to work together who's going to coach us um you know setting the goals what are the goals you know the long-term goals and coming back to then the short-term goals everything all that kind of thing is very similar yeah. uh, and that's kind of where we you know that background paper not just not paperwork but the the program is it's where we do our reviews from it's it's everything we look at and know how we're getting better and monitoring ourselves so that's kind of the same as it was in london that that big step change we made there yeah yeah and again that kind of highlights that it, whether it's new levels in business or new levels in sport ultimately what you do remains the same as mm. in you know your goals your visions your teamwork having all of that behind the scenes prep but it's the mental mind monkeys i suppose that some people then struggle with that that brings in an element of what if or that fear or something um does does that feature in your mind do you give space to to that slight doubt or do you have co coping mechanisms that allows you to kind of push that out of your mind in some form of ritual or something yeah i mean i mean last year we um you know we, we were competing we did world championships europeans um and our main event was the world championships that yeah. we targeted um and we came sixth and our british rivals came fifth right um so they so they actually beat us and that really put a little that like that extra pressure was like oh you know the doubt in your mind is like oh here we go we've got a real battle here um we're gonna have to get onto this but i think that it, it's good to have the doubt and it's good to have the uh, the wake up, if you like, or the the urgent, not the urgency, but it's a little bit of urgency. Uh, but that just directs you back to being even more back to the focus on the goals, right? What are the goals, right? What do we need to do this month, right? What are we doing next month? Yeah. You know, you almost, you know, it's good to have them feelings, but forget about them. That's the big goal. This is what we need to do, and let's be let's be ruthless with it, and let's work hard and do what we say we're going to do and and learn from it and learn from it yeah exactly i mean I'm, I, I read a book a few months ago black box thinking yeah and i always whenever we have a you know a bad regatta or anything i always go oh, sorry it's black box thinking you know we'll learn more from our mistakes than we would if we'd won <laughs> i put a little positive spin on it but it is true it is true and you know you're not the first person to mention that book um funnily enough another sports person did actually yeah. but but it is so true because so many people are so hung up on failing or making mistakes or doing something wrong and seeing that as a negative and actually what you just said there is so true because then you just learn more and yeah. and, you, and you've got more information to use to make sure that you you get it right next time yeah. Um, and having that, that reframe of it is essential. Um, you know, how, how have you changed as a person from, from like, I suppose when you were chucked out of the program to then winning the Olympics to now being number one? 
Like, how have you grown as that person? Yeah, well, I'd like to say I got better at sailing, but I probably haven't. Yeah. <laughs> work harder. Uh, as a person, um, it's a good question. There was, there was definitely a time where I, I, I'd maybe take it all a bit too seriously and, yeah. you know, try to work a bit too hard, but it's really, it's really important. I find it, especially for me, to make sure you do have that little bit of time off and, um, you know, and do other things in life that's not just sailing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know how I've changed a person. Probably should ask Catherine, she'd tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it, not everyone, can, like, I'm not asking for, like, drastic changes, but I think from... There is a, a seriousness because obviously you're a sports person, but just picking up, like you're very laid back. Mm. Um, and I can imagine, and you've already said it, that you are the calming influence. And certainly in like sailing, there needs to be that calm element. Um, I know obviously when you were in the 2012 Olympics, I don't know if Dylan's the same, but certainly Luke, you said was very fiery and it's having that yin and yang, isn't it? To bounce. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Dylan's definitely got a bit of fire in it. Yeah, um, and you know, and, and that's, that is great. So like, is it a confidence, uh, an inner confidence? You said like joking about whether you got better in, in sailing. Is it that you're just more confident in your abilities and and so that belief that you have within yourself is kind of just always there. That, that yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, and and more experienced. Yeah, you know, sailing's sailing's not like the hundred meter sprint. You know, it's not like you hit the gym hard or whatever. The, your training's got to be spot on. You, sailing's a different sport. It's not just about being physically the best. It's thinking the best, and you know, there's so. I think, I think that, yeah, certainly what I have now that I didn't have was experience and, you know, know, okay, we're going, this winter, we're going to go here for these reasons, we're going to train on this. And whereas eight years ago, you know, maybe you'd be like going down a different, a different route for different reasons. And maybe that wasn't quite right. Whereas I think we're more, uh, what's the word? We're more, um, I'm trying to think of the word, sorry. Like, what we do is more relevant yeah. to the big picture. Yeah. Um, whereas sometimes we'd waste time doing things that are completely irrelevant, but you couldn't see that at the time because you'd not quite got the experience to realise that. Yeah. So you're almost so in tune, I think, because of the preparation that you guys have had and the experience that you've got, you're in tune with what you need. Yeah, exactly. What you need to yeah. be your best at, at the events you choose to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, you know, that all comes down to awareness. I mean, obviously you have a massive support network around you. Um, you've spoken about like almost dissecting your personalities to really get the most out of it. But, but again, with anything, it, if you know your limits and you know your strengths, and you know your weaknesses, you know your development areas, you know who you are under pressure and who you are at your best, all of that gives you that sense of knowing and and you're just kind of you manage it so much more yeah um, and so again like you know with with the your sailing you're you have to prepare not just for sailing and not just mentally but also for the weather conditions i suppose because as you said you know yeah. when things are calm you pull on you when things are 
you know, windy and more challenging. It, it, again, in the Olympics, you pulled on Luke because they were his strengths. So it's, it's just having that sense of awareness, isn't it? Awareness, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, adapting to each situation, each race day, every single race day is different in sailing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Being the right person at the right time. And I think we're better at that now. <laughs> And so after like, say the Europeans that you, that you had just recently, um, obviously you won it. What, what was sort of the, um, the after champs preparation, like with the review and stuff, do you then take time to kind of assess yeah. you know, what went on there and that sort of stuff? Yeah, there's, um, I, I personally like to, maybe quite close afterwards so one or two days afterwards write down my own thoughts yeah on on the regatta and i'll sometimes use what you know our monthly goal setting sheet i'll sometimes use that to review against and just to make sure it's all relevant to the big picture but yeah as a team we we you know outcome regattas high pressure regattas we always give at least a week um and we always then try and set up a, a, an official proper monthly meeting with our mentor there, with our coach there, both sailors. Um, and be quite, I mean, for sports people, I think we're quite regimented about being proper with it. Mm. Um, and yeah, but you do need that time to let things digest a little bit, settle in so that you do pick out, there's no emotion attached. You do pick out the things that are relevant. Um, and and hopefully from all the the build up and everything, you'll have all all your notes there, and you, you'll have things that you said you was going to do, things that you said that you thought were going to be important. So it's really easy to review against. Yeah. Okay, did we do what we said we were going to do? Yes or no? But you know, let's talk about it. Yeah. Actually, we did what we said we were going to do, but we came tenth. You know. Yeah. So like, yeah. Well, what was wrong there? And and there's always something to learn. Well, we got that wrong. Why did we get that wrong? And. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important and yet so many people kind of over, like oversee that and almost push it to one side. But I, I mean, it's something that I've kind of introduced into my business a lot more just in this last year of that, taking the goal setting really, really seriously, but then also reviewing it yeah. uh, because you don't know what you don't know. And so like with you going into the Europeans, having that preparation, having that plan, like you say, um, and those processes, without that evaluation afterwards, it's almost, you know, that if you don't capture it, if you don't capture it, then yeah, yeah you don't yeah. capture the good things and the opportunities to get make better last time, then yeah, it, you know, you will find yourself being the same as you were <laughs> and not getting better. Yeah. And so would you say those sort of processes have played a key part in, your um your development within the your sailing career and the fact that you are now number one yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah 100 percent. and we, we bring an element of consistency yeah. to our performances so even a bad performance now for me and dylan is still respectable um you know maybe not on the podiums but it's rare we're not on the podium at a regatta now so something's working well yeah um, that, word, that consistency word is so so true isn't it because when yeah. you are consistent with things it it really does benefit you when you're kind of up and down and a bit of this and a bit of that then that's where 
confusion and distraction yeah. and all of that kind of comes in. Yeah, and that's where me and Luke were at a little bit uh, in the early days. We, you know, we'd go and win a regatta and then we'd be 25th and we wouldn't really know why. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly it's something good to aim towards. 100%. What's your main motivation? What keeps you going? Um, I guess the biggest thing, it, I mean, since I was 18, all, all I've ever wanted is a gold medal at the Olympics. Mm. So that has been, if you said one thing, what motivates you, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, we've all, I've you know, been to Olympics and got silver, which is incredible achievement. But to be able to say you're the best, you're the best in the world. Yeah at that moment at that time and everyone else was trying to be their best and you beat them that that's what motivates me um, gets me out of bed in the morning <laughs> uh, yeah uh, and so how do you keep that motivation alive do you are you someone who does like visualizations or like um journaling or some sort of connection to that that goal do you have a vision board or or anything like that um not really, not, no, unfortunately not. I mean, you know, every time we do a meeting, you know, our first page is our, you know, long-term goals and, you know, you see it then and you yeah. read it and you're like, this is why you're doing what you do. This is why you're committing your life, committing a lot of money, committing all your effort and everything. This yeah. is what you're trying to do, you, you know, there it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, to be honest, the... I mean, it's we keep talking about this process of setting goals and everything, but actually, without that, I, I get very demotivated. Yeah. So if we if we go if we miss a meeting or we you know we do a regatta and we don't review, and then we go sailing again. Mm. And if I ever feel like I'm not, I don't know why we're going sailing. I don't know what we're training. I don't know what we're working on. Yeah, that for me is bad news. <laughs> I'll disengage. I won't be bothered. I'll probably learn bad habits because I won't be putting a full effort in. Yeah. Um, and I'll crave, I'll crave having a meeting with the lads and going, right, lads, I need to get back to, you know, I've been on all day for a week. I need to get back to it. I need to know why I'm getting out of bed. I need to know why we're going sailing. Um, so that's, that's motivating for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's motivating to know that it's all, you know, each and every little action you do is for the bit greater the for the big picture yeah. and that you know that's the the golden nugget for me totally you know it is so important and and i suppose that every meeting you're having that connection with that end goal by addressing it straight away and so often we can write goals and all, they almost are a bit pipe dreamy like oh well yeah. I don't want to do this yeah and there's no connection and you might revisit it in the pub over a couple of beers or whatever chatting to your friends about it but there's there's no emotional attachment and I think the fact that you guys revisit it and it's and and you're disciplined with it mm. it keeps it alive um and it's that keeping it alive that makes it so so much more um easy easier to achieve but so much more um focused yeah yeah for sure and I, I, I you know i completely agree and i also think you know i love to watch a lot of sports as well yeah <clears throat> and i see people winning cups and you know tennis players winning trophies and you're like that's so it's so cool 
people yeah. winning. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, although that's not what I'm trying to, I'm not going to try and win Wimbledon next year. <laughs> but that feeling of like, oh, they've beat everyone, you know, that, that. Reinforces it. Reinforces it. Yeah. You know, it's not an Olympic gold medal in Tokyo, but it is someone who's gone out to try and win something big and they've won it. And, yeah. you know, that, that's just a little reminder of what success looks like in elite sport. <laughs> totally. And, and in elite sport, but in general, you know, so many people can see the negative in other people's success, but when you see it as a motivation and, and a reminder of why you want to feel successful, it drives you so much more because again, it goes back to that knowing who you are as a person and not comparing yeah, and just being really focused on the, your own journey, your own uh, way of getting to that, but using different people's experiences as reminders of actually, you can almost imagine the euphoria that they're feeling when they win that. Yeah. Or, you know, um, European Champions League or, you know, whatever, um, because you're so in it and that's what you're, you can almost taste it, that that's yeah, kind of yeah. what's going to happen to you in Tokyo when you win the gold. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll be back in a year and a bit and we'll, uh, we'll yeah. talk about it again. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got 100%, I'd love to. So when is your pre-qualifying for the Olympics? It's a bit, it's a bit confidential to be honest, but it's it's oh, a series okay. of events. Um, wow. Yeah, a series of events that, that, and then there's a committee that decides. So, right. basically, hopefully, by the end of the year, we'll know if we're selected or not. Um, but it's it, 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 we are on track at the minute. So, fingers crossed, we just keep doing what we're doing, and, well, I would and that should be good. That. When, uh, when you come back from the Olympics with your gold medal. Yeah. Or with, you know, all jokes aside, with, with any medal, um, but obviously I know that that is the ultimate. It's been amazing chatting to you. Um, for me, it just kind of almost highlights this whole behind the scenes, the preparation side of things, the importance of having clear visions and clear goals and the importance of reviewing them um, yeah. is key. Um, do you have a sort of mindset mantra that or a saying that you use like just for a race or if there is an element of doubt that kind of gets you back into that focus um we we do uh it's not really saying but we do have every regatta we do mm. we have a we have a bit of a routine we have a four-day build-up mm. um so we do two days training a day off and then a routines day and then the regatta, which is usually five or six days. And the night before racing, we always have a meeting, uh, myself, Dylan, you know, the sailors, the coach, and we yeah. talk about the regatta and we, you know, we talk about, is everything going to plan? Is there any reason why we can't perform? And, and just say out loud, any, any pro is everyone, is anyone injured? Is everyone feeling ill? Is, you know, is there any pro is there any reason why we can't win and all the rest of it and and that's a real it's a real flick of mindset from okay, yeah, we've just done a few days training, we're getting us everything sorted to right, we're in execution mode. Yeah. And all three of us know what that means and uh I don't mean we're fully on it the whole time, you know, we still have a switch on and off and uh sometimes a dimmer switch, but it just means right, we're in execution mode, we're to perform. 
let's work together let's do what we say we're going to do and, and hopefully so that's a bit of a a bit of a thing we do to yeah. get you know get the the mind focused on the regatta awesome and you, and you kind of touched as well on the fact that it is so important with any of this to to have that time out as well and to have that downtime so then you are at your optimum when you are then in that intense environment yeah exactly exactly and the more the bigger the event you know the more pressure on that event you don't you don't feel it when you're there but it is taking its toll on your body and you do need time to recover yeah to be able to go back and train hard again and get better and yeah yeah so definitely the time out is key and i Dylan, Dylan doesn't need as much time out as me. I actually need a bit more than him. Yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, he does other, other sailing bits and, you know, works hard at getting the boats ready and, you know, that's who he is. So, again, that works well for me. <laughs> and again, it just highlights that obviously we're all different again. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that self-care piece is, is important. But again, it's personalising it so it is relevant and fits in with you. Um, your self, like your downtime, your self-care side is very different to Dylan's, but equally yeah. important and as effective as, as the other one. So um, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I would no, love to have you back. I, I could talk to you for hours, um, but uh, I, I just think that, you know, that as, as I said earlier on, how you highlight the importance of the visions and the, and the goals is just absolutely key. And I wish you every, every luck in your Olympic um, journey in the, the pre-qualifier, whenever it may be this year. And uh, won't be going to Tokyo to see you like I could have in Weymouth. But um, yeah, I'll certainly be never watching. Never say never. <laughs> you are? Never say never. Never say never. No. Well, I have been to Tokyo before. But um, yeah, on my way back from Australia. Good fish. Sorry? Good fish. Do you know, we had a stopover and it was after a year of being in Australia and we didn't have a lot of money. And I think it cost us like $10 for some Pringles and an apple or something. That's all we ate. Well, the fish would have been $2. Yeah, the fish, we should have gone for the fish. But yeah. it was in the middle of the night. But yeah, um, no, on a serious note, best of luck with everything. Um, I'd love, obviously, to continue to follow your journey and, um, and to have you back on post the Olympics if you're happy to come and yeah and that'd you. be great hopefully with a good success story and if not yeah then learn from failure exactly <laughs> exactly but best of luck and thanks so much again um it's been brilliant cool thanks a lot that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.